It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to review the special Friday Night Dynamite. From June 4th. 2021. Yep. So, anything you want to talk about before we get into the show? Well, we got a winner. <laughs> um, Honestly, this is the third Dynamite in a row I haven't really enjoyed. But, um... I was talking more about our winner of our... Uh, <laughs> Our contest. <laughs> yeah, we had a giveaway. We had a winner. Uh, Wrestling TWP is the winner of our $25 Shop <laughs> AEW gift card. Congratulations. And um, thank you to all those entered. And keep an eye out for the next one. Because um, we're going to keep doing this. Yep. Anyway, tonight's uh, Dynamite was not great. Yeah, let's just get into it. The first match was Penta and Pack versus the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks got Callus, the Kids Brothers, and Brandon out there with them. As always. And we hear from commentary that Ray Phoenix was attacked backstage by the Young Bucks, and Brandon recorded it, but they're not going to air it on the show because they don't respect what they did. Well, that's storytelling 101, isn't it? You show it, you don't tell it. Yeah, but I guess it'll probably be on BTE or something. Required reading. And, um, so, yeah, they're out there, but what happens that's interesting is Frankie Kazarian comes out and attacks Nakazawa out in the crowd, because he's the elite hunter, which I find very interesting, and he, uh, battles the Kiz brothers back into the back. That's a good gimmick for him. I really like him as, like, this lurking threat. I think yeah. it's a good way to build him up for a singles run. Yeah, this is. I think it's a great use of Kazarian. It really makes him seem dangerous instead of just, you know, this member of a tag team. Where's Christopher Daniels? He's he's done. He might be done. No, he can't be done. Unless he's going to re-debut as uh, Fallen Angel. I love Christopher Daniels. Which, again, that would be a pretty good gimmick for him. Yeah. All right, at one point, um, we have Brandon out there. And Don Callis says, that's our young boy. Everybody needs a young boy around. Read the room, Don. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Doing his creepy uncle gimmick. Creepy Uncle Don. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a match that you would expect from, from these two groups. I mean, it's a good match. At one point, Matt does this annoying thing where he runs out of the ring and goes all the way around the ring to clothesline pack. And I just have to say, still, and I was saying this to you earlier with the Young Bucks, their version of heels is just not working for me. Should I go into it? You're getting, are you getting like that X-Pac heat, not like actual want to see them get their asses kicked heat? Um, yeah, I just feel like, like I was saying to you, like, I feel like you have scary bad guys like Jake the Snake. And then you have people who could do both, like MJF, where sometimes he's super fucking goofy, but then sometimes he gets very serious. Right. But the Young Bucks are always goofy, and sometimes it just feels like I'm watching, like, you know, like young kids or children's entertainment. Well, I always want to see children get their little asses kicked, so this is a... Uh... What a weird thing to say. Is it any weirder than everyone needs a young boy around? <laughs> I mean, if the Young Bucks are having fun, I mean, that's fine. I just, uh, not for me. Doesn't work for me. I didn't mind their ring gear tonight, at least. Their little jackets they came out in. What were they wearing? Like little red 
jackets that are like quilted. <laughs> you like the little red jackets? Little red quilted jackets. I didn't even notice because I was too busy looking at Penta with his Joker gear on. I am so glad they're continuing to use I that. I want that toy. Make me that toy. Build it, coward jazz wares. So, oh, a move that I hadn't seen in a while came back. The uh, Penta Taint Blaster. I don't know. I <laughs> That's don't, its actual name. I don't know what it's actually called, but uh, I believe it was Matt was down on the mat. The mat. Matt was down on the mat. Matt, Matt. And Pax got his legs fucking cranked open, and Penta comes off the top rope and just fucking kicks him right in the taint. And I haven't seen that move in a while, and I'm glad to see it back. I've he missed needs, it. He needs a shirt that says Taint Slayer. <laughs> And then after he does it, Don Callis says, that looked illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, creepy Uncle Don. You know, you made a really good point about this um, that kind of like set the tone for the rest of the night where this crowd was fucking dead for this. And spoiler alert, this was the best match of the night. Yeah, like I never want to blame the crowd because it's not the crowd's job to put on a show. But um, they, through this match, they were very quiet, and I was like, oh, damn, if they're going to be quiet for this match, what the hell are they going to do for the rest of the show? Maybe maybe they saw the card, and they were like, oh, Jesus. I mean... I already bought my tickets. It's not the crowd's fault. It's not the crowd's fault. It's just, this, it was just a quiet crowd. This was a dire card. I'm sorry. Like, not every match was a stinker. This one was pretty good. Um, it was a really enjoyable match, actually. But this card was not, not great. Well, let's keep going. All right. At one point, Nick, I think it was Nick, pulls off Penta's mask and geniusly has a second mask on underneath. What? That made sense grammatically, right? And uh, also I wanted to say, Pack hits a black arrow for a near fall. And is the black arrow not the greatest finisher in wrestling? It's pretty impressive. It's so impressive. I'm ready for Pac to be champion, honestly. But uh, we get fuckery at the end. Cutler hits Pac with his camera. And one of the young bucks rolls him up for the win. And what's hilarious about this is Penta is right there and does nothing. <laughs> Did you notice that? He kind of maybe had a little stumble moment off screen. It looked like he was trying, but... Yeah, I don't know what happened. Penta was right there. Yes, it was a roll-up win. Also, you look at Pac, like, am I supposed to believe that dinky little camera, like, fucked him Are up? Are you gonna pull that thread? Yeah, Mox I mean, got his belt taken off him because of a microphone. And that's bullshit. <laughs> Let me hit you in the head with a camera and see how you feel about it. I'm not a professional wrestler. I bet I can wrestler. roll your ass up. <laughs> roll your ass out the door. Oh, great humor <laughs> all right so after the match they keep beating on them and they're about to do their v trigger attack which took out mox and took out ray phoenix but kingston comes out for the save and it's like what's going on there because they have a history penta used to be kingston's best friend and he broke up death tri triangle before so maybe rekindle that a little bit while uh mox takes some time to be pep pep <laughs> All right, but we need Mox back. We do. This, I was watching this, his yeah. show and I kept thinking, oh, man. Wouldn't it be great if Mox showed up? <laughs> we need Mox. All right, so next we have Shivani in the ring with Mark Henry. 
and he calls him out, and what I thought was weird about this, I don't know, because we were watching it on fight, I don't know if there's, like, if there was supposed to be music, or there was... Yeah, I don't know. There was no music, and Mark Henry just comes out to silence. Maybe, this was just a weird show, like, I think it maybe was just a, a hitch. I feel like the past three shows have been odd. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like someone who normally works on the shows isn't, or there's something going on, or they're they're trying out some new stuff. I don't know what the deal is. The last three have been have been odd. So Mark Henry comes out to no music, and he says that AEW is not broken, but he's there to turn the screws. And then he gets interrupted. Well, first of all, Shivani asks him if he's gonna get back in the ring, and he says he still has some gas left in the tank. So will we be seeing some Mark Henry action? Probably. Possibly. Down the road. So, yeah, they do get interrupted. Go ahead. Vicky Guerrero shows up, screaming at the top of her lungs, almost blowing out the speakers on my TV. Which, honestly, is a talent. It really is. It's a skill. That's a talent to be able to screech like that. She kicks Mark and Tony out of the ring and introduces the newest acquisition, Andrade. Il Idolo. For copyright purposes. What does that mean? Because he can't go by Andrade. Anymore. Oh, who would... It, this is better anyway. So she calls him out, and what I thought was interesting, he's... The, he, she says his name, and then there's a pause, and then he comes out to no music also. What is going on in the production I just, truck? I just feel like people would have freaked out more if, like, she said it, and immediately, like, music kicked in, and there was, like, a video package or something. The delayed react the response was weird. It was. And uh, people in the crowd, I mean, it showed some people freaking out, but, like, I just don't think it got the crowd reaction it could have if there had been, like, maybe some fucking pyro or something. Yeah. Where was the pyro? He should have come out to pyro and... No pyro, no, no Tron, no music. What the hell is this? It was odd. But he comes out and he says... He was the face of Latinas, and now he's going to be the face of AEW. I doubt that very much, but welcome to him. And, like, some people in the crowd were freaking out, but I thought overall, again, the crowd was very quiet. They were. Um, and not even in, like, a, you know, respectful Japanese crowd kind of way. More in just, uh, well, this is a show. makes me wonder what was going on. I wonder what the heat was like. I'm sure that wasn't great. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why everyone looked miserable all night, all the way down to the commentators. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, commentary has seemed weird the past three weeks, too. Like, something's, it feels like something's wrong. Like, people are upset about something going on. Something's rotten in Jacksonville. I just, like, I'm, I'm feeling a weird vibe from the show. Yeah. I feel like Double or Nothing was totally normal, but the past Dynamites have felt like something's off. Is it because they know they're just in basically a holding pattern until they can get through these, you know, very special time shows that they have to do because of sports? Maybe. I feel like they should just act like it's normal, though. Because, I mean, maybe from their perspective, it's like they know that the same amount of people aren't going to tune in at a wacky time. So why are they going to put their best foot forward and burn through material they could put on their normal night? I don't know if that's what they're doing, but that doesn't seem like a good a good idea. It doesn't. <laughs> if it is. Let's hope that's not it. So So next we get our second match of the night. 
them. It's Cody and Shoddy Lee, and they got Arn out there with them, versus QT and a go-go. So I guess that fucking big match at Double or Nothing that wasn't with a the American off. Dream, that wasn't the end? How do you build from the big fucking Captain Crunch match? Oh. <laughs> so... Um, oh, yeah, and then on commentary when the match was starting, they, uh, they had, they said that Agogo had to, or not Agogo, Cody had to fight the perfect match that to beat Agogo. What the fuck were they watching? And also, if you're telling me Cody had to fight the perfect fight to beat Agogo, why was that not the end of this feud? And why didn't he use his finisher? I don't understand it. And again, they talk about how QT is fucking Tony Soprano. And it's like, oh my god, I get it. That's what he's going for. But when you have to keep saying it every week, it's fucking a little cringeworthy. So, I didn't relate much about this match. There's a funny part where like people keep flying in off the top rope to break stuff up, but they just come out of nowhere. Almost like the toasty guy from Mortal Kombat 2. Just popping in. Yeah. And then we get Aaron Solo out there with interference. And when he's distracting the ref, a go-go punches Cody. QT gets the pin and then starts screaming on the mic about how he shocked the world by beating Cody and he said he could do it. And I just don't understand who's supposed to be looking good here. I'm shocked at what a fucking dud this is. Like, this is just boring as fuck. Um, it's not ending. Why is this still a thing? Like, I know Cody gonna Cody, but, I mean, he took the pin, you know, but... Just explain to me how if he fought the perfect match and overcame the boxer as the American Dream, this is still going on. It makes me feel like they have nothing. I don't understand. They don't have anything lined up for some reason. It's kind of in coasting mode. Yeah, I don't get it. So this was a match that happened. Um... You want to get into the next thing? It was kind of... The, the one thing I'll give a go-go in this match is that he did break up a uh, figure four lock with a nice-looking splash. So maybe he'll potentially learn to wrestle one day. Um, but yeah. I'm still not sure if he can or can't yet. I feel like I haven't like seen enough. But, but you saw him in the perfect match. Cody's perfect match, apparently. Uh... But, like... A Gogo's character, why is he not on the mic every week doing promos? Right, that's where his strength lies. Like, why aren't you... I mean, you... currently, at least, like, he's a character. But if he if he gives... He can't have promos that are too good, because else, when, you know, Crying Cody gets on that mic and lets fly, he might get shown up. Yeah, I'm sure. So in terms of things that uh, I thought it was fucking over, why isn't it over... Next, we have the Inner Circle's victory lap. Yeah, so we get a video package just reminding everyone what happened at Double or Nothing. And JR says himself, if you didn't see the stadium stampede, you should be ashamed of yourself. But don't worry, we're going to recap it for you. Yeah, so they come out and wait for the crowd to sing fucking Judas all the way through. The uh, Jacksonville Children's Choir. That's funny. but And maybe I'm the only person that's bothered by this. Every damn week, we gotta hear the goddamn crowd singing the entire song. You know what? It's fun for Jericho, and it's fun for the crowd. I do... Yeah, I'll shut up. 
I, I get why people like doing it, but when you're watching it from home every week, it's like, let's get this fucking rolling. Like, like we bitch, and it is a bit much, you know, every single week, but I mean, if we were there, we'd absolutely be fucking... I wouldn't, you would. Oh, look, you think you're too good for that. You're a fucking mark. What? <laughs> Anyhoozle. Yeah, people enjoy it, so I'll stop shitting on it. So, so you're allowed to shit on things people enjoy. That's what the point of the show is. But you're not allowed to shit on things that I kind of semi-tolerate. All right. So Jericho tells everyone, Oprah style, that there are free t-shirts. Everyone in the crowd gets a Inner Circle Wind Stadium Stampede shirt. And my first thought is, did these not sell? Um, but maybe I'm just goddamn cynical and um, dead inside. Well, you are that. <laughs> I'm cynical and dead inside, so that was my thought. And he says that Sammy was the hero of the match. I appreciate them talking up Sammy a little bit. And honestly, Sammy was the hero of the Blood and Guts match, too. He fucking <laughs> killed it in that match. Like, he was just yeah, He was the best hard. part of that match. And, oh my god, okay. So they're talking about their feud, and Santana gets the mic. <laughs> and he pretty much says he won't be happy until Pinnacle is dead in a ditch. Jesus. I loved this. <laughs> I, I feel like Jericho's face that they cut to during that was like, can, can he say that? Like, oh, shit, is that, is that going to come back on me? That was a hilarious one. I'm all about it. Dead in a ditch, I'm on board. And then Hager says... Oh, yeah. Wait, what does he say again? I can't remember. Take this. He's pulling ass. his man card. Yeah, he's talking to Wardlaw and he says that they need to take this ass whooping again and again. So this lets me know this is the feud that will never end. And apparently they're gonna have an MM Wardlow and Hay are gonna have an MMA style match in two weeks. In a cage. In a cage. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> So then Jericho gets the mic and he says they must settle the score. I thought that's what Blood and Guts was for. I thought that's what Stadium Stampede was for. And he also says that Jericho calls, not Jericho, MJF calls him the GOAT. And he says, I don't know if I believe that. Bullshit. Bullshit. Jericho knows he's the greatest of all time and he thinks he's the greatest of all time. And he is. But don't pretend you don't know you are. Fuck. So, pretty much they just talk for a good long while. Just to let us all know that this feud, for some goddamn reason, is not over. I want to make a prediction. It's going to end eventually in a Jericho-MJF lights out match. Probably he, on a pay-per-view. Because he said the line lights out. Also, yeah, that kind of was a little, you know, foreshadowing. But also, I think, because... I hope they wait a good long while before they do it. Yeah, also, like, what match is left? Like, what match is left? It's a one-on-one -on -one and a lights out. I mean, after two huge gimmick matches. I just feel like this reinforces my feeling about uh, what's going on in AEW, that we have feuds that won't end. We have feuds going on that need to be done. This is another one. And this just made me feel again that I wish Inner Circle had actually broken up because instead of the same storyline, I want to see Santana Ortiz going for the tag belts. I want to see Sammy doing something, getting pushed. And I just feel like... I like them as a uh, unit. 
I really yeah. do, but um, I'd like to see it become a little less Jericho-centric. You know what I it mean? It is very... That's Yeah, that's my problem. But don't break them up. That's where so we differ. So everyone is stuck in this feud because Jericho and MJF are fighting. So you're not going to see Santana Ortiz going for the belts. You're not going to see Sammy like, going for the TNT belt or anything because they're stuck in this pinnacle feud because of Jericho. <laughs> and how is it not over after Stadium Stampede? How is that not the blow-off? I don't know. I was ready to blow this show off my TV with the next segment. Great segue. Kenny and Don in the video truck. Well, first of all... You had Orange and the Best Friends talking. They showed how Orange got Orange Cassidy got screwed at Double or Nothing, and Best Friends saying he's the world he champion. Won. He, Orange Cassidy is the world champion. So yeah, go ahead with Callis and Kenny. I don't know. It was just a goofy fucking. The camera goes to them, and Callis and Kenny are messing with a, a TV screen, like they're directing the show or something. And Marvez is talking to them. And they say that they're going to blow the lid off the conspiracy to screw Kenny out of the belt. Okay, but Kenny still has the belt. Yeah, I don't know. And then Marvez asked them about Jungle Boy, and they pretty much said they're not worried about Jungle Boy, and they start singing... The music. That Tarzan. Tarzan Boy. Tarzan Boy song. So, yeah, that happened. All right. You're world champion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um... It sounded mean. Well, I mean, they've completely misused Kenny. Like, they've made Kenny just look like a total fucking dork. You think so? I really do. And that breaks my heart, because I love Kenny Omega. Um, but this, like, they, they need to do something to make him seem like a badass. And I just don't know if it's coming at this point. I do want him to look like a badass. I want the Young Bucks to look like badasses, too. But it's just very childish bad guys. Ugh. It's very dorky. Speaking of dorks, uh, Christian Cage <laughs> uh, teams up with Jungle Boy. Versus Private Party, and they got Matt Hardy out there. Oh boy, here's a... In, I, uh, Private Party looks like middle managers at Target. I find how Private Party is dressing very triggering for me. <laughs> Because they come out not in wrestling gear, but in khakis and white button-downs. And that's something I had to wear for a fucking job once. So when I see someone wearing that, I'm like, oh man. Do they work at Target? I worked at Movie Gallery. Do they work at Movie Gallery? <laughs> Why are they wearing khakis and white button-downs? they were still around, maybe they could sponsor a match on a pay-per-view. Oh, I don't get it. I mean... I don't know what even to say about this I don't know. match. Like, uh, JR says that Jungle Boy is hotter than Donut Grease. Alright. I enjoy that. Um, I guess my whole thought about this match is why is Jungle Boy in this match? Okay, so he's going to be facing Kenny for the belt. So on Dynamite, he's in a random-ass tag match. Not even with his tag team that he's a part of. This just doesn't seem like a match for someone who's going to be going for the belt in a couple weeks. Like, why is he not fighting, like, higher-up singles competitors? I don't understand this match. Also, is he really the number one contender if he won his shot through a special... Yes. 
Okay. That's how it worked. <laughs> that's how it, that's what it was. But at one point, fucking Mark Quinn was gonna do like a gin and juice, and it gets broken up. And Jungle Boy drops him on his fucking head. It was really weird looking. And then he puts him in the snare trap for the win. Christian is leaving, and Matt Hardy comes up behind him and does a twist of fate on the ramp. So So, we have an old guy feud coming? So really, this is all a build-up for Matt Hardy and Christian. And my question is, why is Jungle Boy involved? Because you know he's not going to win the belt. (laughs) I guess so. So then we get a piece with Team Taz. Oh, I didn't even write about this. Team Taz is addressing Hangman, and they say, you got lucky, brother, because Hangman beat Cage at Double or Nothing. So I guess Brian Cage is still in Team Taz, even though they cost him the match. And I thought for sure Brian Cage was going to be mad at them and go off and do his own thing. But no, Brian Cage is still in Team Taz, and then I guess there's going to be a match with Hobbs and Cage versus Hangman and someone else. I Either they said and I didn't catch it, or... I didn't catch it either. This, this whole thing, like, this whole three, you know, these past three Dynamites, it's really just that thing where, like, you know, someone's starting a show and then, you know, the headliner's not there, so it's like, stretch! And, and they're mm. stretching it to the limit. Like, this is... They, they don't stretched it as far as it's gonna go. Like this is. I don't. I'm, what I'm confused about is how did Double or Nothing not end any of these feuds? Did Double or Nothing end any feud? <laughs> like I thought that these are all blow off matches to like move on to new things. But... Maybe Sheeta Britt, but that's about all. As far as we know. Yeah. So then we get Shivani in the ring with Sting and Darby. And Sting is saying, you know, he's thanking the fans. And I feel really good about Sting having that match and getting the win. He looked great. Can I say something about Sting? I love Sting. I love seeing him back in the ring. I love him with Darby. This is going to be controversial. What? I feel like the less Sting says, the better. Really? I thought that was fine. I just feel like whenever Sting talks, all I can hear is someone's goddamn dad. Oh, damn, brother. I mean, you know, that'll happen. But I, I just, I, it's just such a mismatch, the promo with the character. I can, yeah, I think I've thought that before. I thought this one was fine. It was nice and short, and he's pretty much just thanking the fans. That's fair. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I thought this was fine. I would have rather listened to Sting give a sermon, though, than get what we got next. Sting is very religious. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> he probably would give a sermon. Even even more of a mismatch with the fucking character. <laughs> I know, it really is, isn't it? He's super fucking religious. Jesus Christ, literally. So, <laughs> so Sting gets interrupted by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page on the screen. Ugh, these fucking... Scorpio Sky saying Sting smelled good. Was it Abercrombie? <laughs> And he says that the only reason Darby's winning is because Sting is carrying him and says, let's have a tag match, but you have to pick someone other than Sting to prove that you don't need Pep Pep. (laughs) And what I thought was weird is they they burned Darby. I I can't remember what he said, but he calls him a little bitch because that's the wrestling go-to insult. And then they're done. 
and the camera goes back to Darby, and Darby has a mic, but he says nothing to defend himself. They just cut away. Why did Darby have a mic? I don't know. I, Why didn't Darby say anything? This show was one odd. of shit. A shit show. I wouldn't say it's not shit. It's just something feels off. Something's not right. At any point, I could have turned this show off and been none the worse for wear next week. Damn. I mean, can you tell me anything that we couldn't have seen either on a YouTube clip or... I mean, honestly... Well, I didn't say all that. All right, all right. Okay. So next, we get something that actually is pretty entertaining. Uh, The Britt Baker (laughs) in-ring celebration as the new women's champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... When we talk about the spoils of war going to the victor, um, Britt Baker comes with burger coupons. Yeah. I just want to say for us, though, so Shivani's out there, and he calls Britt out. But the people in the ring celebrating, the most random assortment of people, you have Nyla and Vicky, Diamante, TH2, Chaos Project, and the Wingmen. And I'm like, what the fuck are these random people doing out here? I, I would say, and I'm going to exclude Nyla, Nyla, Nyla Rose from this, but um, I would say it's the McDonald's dollar menu of, uh, of wrestlers. Fuck. But, That's but to be fair, some of the stuff on the McDonald's dollar menu is actually pretty fucking good, which I can't say for the people gathered in the ring, minus Nyla Rose. I don't agree with that. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Who? Who? Who what? Who in, in in that in that ring other than Nyla Rose do you want to see? I actually find TH2 very entertaining. I I respect them, but they need a they need a character. Okay, well yeah, that's probably true. Any so uh so like you said, oh when she came out, I went <laughs> you threw me off. Brick comes out with Rebel, and she's wearing the belt, and goddamn, did it look right. It looks good. It looked right. So, yeah, on the table, there's a fucking pile of burgers, and she says that she's gonna show up Jericho, because she's la champion, not la, she's la champion, and she's got 1,500 burger coupons, and they're under your seat, so everybody goes to look under their seat for their burger coupon. Now, you know who I want to tell you who's the big loser in all this? Hmm. McDonald's. Because McDonald's goes out of its way to send Britt Baker a nice little care package congratulating her on her big win. Sends her 1,500 Big Mac coupons for the, um, for the people. And does this great PR stunt. And Bastard Tony or Bastard TNT or one of those bastards decides, mm-mm, they didn't run it through our ad department. That's what I have to assume happened. Then I respect Tony and TNT. Mm. I'm going to say something that might be controversial. Fuck McDonald's and their fucking shitty-ass burgers. <laughs> you're, hey, you're talking about the champ's favorite fast food item. That makes me really suspicious of her. Yeah. There's a lot of fast food out there. Doesn't that just piss you right the fuck off that, like, Britt Baker can eat Big Macs and look like that? And I don't I, believe her. And if I second. so much as look at a fucking Big Mac... Shut up. No. So, she tells everyone they got burgers, and then she says, nope, she's keeping them. That because, fat bitch. <laughs> because 
she's keeping them because she did all this herself and they don't deserve it. But then she tells Tony and Rebel to grab a burger. Oh. So they're cheersing with their burgers and posing. And she's like, pick, pick it up, Tony. Jesus. <laughs> and then Nyla comes up behind them and slaps the burgers because Nyla's had enough. Nyla's hungry. Remember that promo? Yeah, it was a terrible promo. But I will say, I really like Nyla. I don't think she ever should have lost the belt. This is my controversial opinion. I think she was a good champ. And I hope that we do get a good Brit-Nyla feud because I'm into it. I'm still pulling for uh, Maki Ito to take it off her. And moving on, we got fucking... But you don't like my take? Well, what is she even doing? Is she in Japan? I don't know, but she needs to get her ass back over here and take the belt off the doctor. No one's going to be taking the belt off the doctor for, for a long, long time. time. So then we go backstage and Marvez is with Kingston. And he's about to talk, but then Pac and Penta come in and say they don't want his help. And Eddie Kingston tells them, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Let that marinate. And I'm like, okay. So. Like a delicious McDonald's hamburger marinades on under a heat lamp. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Okay. So this we, show is so bad, I gotta make my own fun. We get our fourth match of the night. It's Bunny, and she's out there with the Blade, who's looking especially red tonight. And she's fighting Red Velvet, who has Kylan King and Swole out there with her. I take that as you didn't appreciate this match. This was a piece of shit. So we start the match off in Red Velvet. Okay, she does a dive. This and was... I don't know whose fucking fault this was, but I'm pretty sure she almost paralyzed herself. This was the most unsafe thing I think I've seen in wrestling in a long time. I, I don't know whose fault this was, but it looked like... She did the dive, and Bunny, instead of, like, catching her, kind of, like, like, pushed her along in her flip. And she lands so fucking weird. She lands really weird. And, like, I was just, I felt sick for the rest of the match, honestly. And I could be wrong, because, um, you know, I really was just leaving my body during this match. It was so boring. But, like... This was a match that was so bad, we didn't even get a heels ad. Is that dead? I don't I don't know. I didn't even notice that. So, yeah, um on commentary they're making comments about crazy women and I was like Okay. But, but Bunny was screaming and sticking out her tongue with the piercing, and that's her whole thing. She's yelling and being crazy. Crazy women. And then... Well, you try selling this shit. <laughs> I don't know. Their, like, comments just seemed really just fucking dated uh, and did, forceful. What, what did Tony say? He's like... He just dealt with some crazy women in the ring. But fucking Bunny gets some brass knuckles from Blade, but... I don't remember how it happens. Velvet still gets the win. <laughs> Velvet wins. Why is this on TV? Can I ask you that? Why the fuck is this on Dynamite? With all the deserving people, all the deserving women, if you just want to slot in another women's match, why is this on TV? 
Why is this getting the push on TV? Who does this help? I don't know. It was a mess. And honestly, it felt like Bunny got, like, all the offense. I feel like Velvet looked terrible. It was a mess. And on commentary, they're talking about how Bunny is getting progressively more evil. She's a fucking heel. She's been evil since day one. Yeah. When has when has Bunny ever been good or not evil or in between? I don't know. And then fucking Velvet celebrated in the ring with Swole and Kylan King. And oh, they're like God. dancing and I, I couldn't help but... Thank God they cut away before they started twerking. You thought they were going to twerk? Who knows? I don't know. It was weird. Would it have surprised you? It's so weird that you brought up twerking. That seems like such a dated thing. People still do that. I don't know. Do I look like I'm hip? <laughs> do I have my finger on the pulse? No. I don't know. Then they go backstage in Dark Order celebrating John Silver's birthday. And little negative one is there, which I always love to see. And Johnny's hungry, but not for cake. And then Tony Khan was going to give him a match against Miro, but he's still not medically cleared. So he gives the match to Evil Uno. So we'll be getting next week, I believe. I love that. Evil Uno versus Miro. I love that. I love that Tony Khan's giving one of his favorites <laughs> yeah. a title match for his birthday. Because I guess that's how wrestling works. Yeah. You, just get, you get a title match when it's your birthday. And then we go to Miro. I just want to give Miro the prize for most improved. Who is doing better overall compared to a year ago than fucking Miro? Jesus. He starts off with promo by thanking God for his power and his wife for being hot. And I think I screamed because (laughs) it was so fucking funny and great. If, If Miro is coming up with this... For himself, great fucking job. Fucking round of applause for Miro for these promos. And if someone's coming up with it for him, then... Round of applause for you. They need to go <laughs> to the head of the class for the creative team. I just, I feel like every week, Miro's doing these promos. He's always saying at least one thing that makes you go, damn! I Yeah, like, I feel like Miro's killing it with the promos. Damn. And I had completely written him off for yeah, this whole too. video game thing. But Miro is fucking killing it now. Definitely. Good for you, bud. So then we get our main event, which is a bull rope match. And I do I do have to say, they did a good job of making it feel like a big deal. Because they did the thing where Justin announces the match. Yeah. And then when Dustin came out, Dustin looked great. And it felt like... A big deal of a match, I thought. Shame about the actual match. Yeah, so it's Dustin Rhodes versus Nick Camarado, and he's got Aaron Solo out there with him. And they both get attached to ends of a bull rope, and there's a bell in the middle. And the commentary tells us the bell is sharp. For some reason, the cowbell is sharp. Mm. In case in case you want to know why people are bleeding. Um, so... With a bull rope match, here's what I get from it. You get a lot of people getting hit with a bell mm-hmm. and choked with a rope. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what the match is with a bull rope match. I mean, at one point, they're fighting in the crowd, and Fuego Del Sol gets involved. And there's something going on with Dustin Rhodes and Fuego on Sonny's... Not Sonny. Sammy Guevara's vlog. More required reading. 
I've seen it. I, I don't watch it very often, but yeah, like, they're buddies or something. So, I wrote Camarado's Bleeding, lots of choking, lots of bell hitting, and uh, Aaron Solo pulls out a table. Dustin goes through the table, and damn if that wasn't violent. That looked rough. He's an old man, for Christ's sake. Oh my god. Like, age doesn't even matter. If I went to the fucking table like that, I'm pretty sure I would have been just laying there forever. I'd <laughs> like, be this fine. Like, just bury me here because I'm dead. I'd be fine. You'd be fine? I'd you be think? fine, yeah. You think you could handle that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, then Aaron Solo, he keeps getting involved. He takes the turnbuckle cover off. I wonder what's going to happen with that. Colton mm-hmm. Gunn comes out for the save there. And wow. Battle. <laughs> they saved the best for fucking last. <laughs> he battles Aaron Solo out. Camarado ends up being the one to hit the exposed turnbuckle. Dustin hits a bulldog and then hog ties him a little bit with the rope to get the pin. Just, just to be clear, if anyone thinks I'm not being fair to AEW with... Um with my review of this show being a turd. We've got Colton Gunn as part of the main event on Dynamite. So, the Factory versus Family Feud continues. Again, why are all these things continuing? Like, nothing was blown off at Double or Nothing. Everything continues. And I just wrote down here, I need new feuds. There are other stables, there are other groups, there are other wrestlers. Why do we have the same feuds happening? Please let this factory nightmare family thing end. Please let the inner circle move on. And and let this preempting sports shit end so that we can get back to having good dynamites maybe at some point. Oh, and also the Sting and Darby versus Scorpio and Ethan Page is still going. Fuck. Clearly a Hangman and Brian Cage is still happening. Nothing's nothing got ended. He's in the ultimate Hangman's in the ultimate holding pattern because they can't let him near Kenny until they're ready to pull the trigger on the belt. It just kind of makes me feel like the matches at Double or Nothing really didn't mean much of anything because nothing got resolved. Except like Britt Baker. That's like the only thing that's got something new going on. All right, this was this is one of the worst dynamites I've seen, um, <laughs> easily. Uh, all right. Studs and duds. Uh, my stud of the night's gonna be Miro killing it with that one line. <laughs> nothing on this. I'm sorry. Nothing on this show was better than that one line. Thanking God for His strength and, and His life for being hot. Nothing on this entire two-hour show that was the highlight. That got the most reaction out of me, honestly. But I will say that my studs of the night are. You don't even know, do you? I was going to say everyone in the first match, but I hated all the fuckery that happened with fucking Brandon Cutler. So that yeah. kind of kind of puts me off. Uh, I don't know. My <laughs> duds of the night are Bunny and Red Velvet because that dive that almost killed Red Velvet actually made me feel physically ill. And I did not enjoy that. I didn't like that for me. I agree. Um, 
with your assessment there, but I'm going to go ahead and say my dud of the night is Tony Khan for letting this fucking card make it to the air. <laughs> this has been a bummer of a show. And a bummer of a podcast, but we'll be next, uh, we'll be next back week, next back next week with, um, <laughs> fucking that up. So if you want to hear two miserable dead inside fucks complain about shit. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> tune in, I guess. Uh, until next time, I'm Melissa. And I'm George. Bye. Bye-bye.